Greetings and salutations, my fellow DMs, GMs, referees, judges, game operation directors, and all the other varieties of storytellers. This is your DM, Bill, and it's time for another DM Quick Tip. With this installment, I'm revisiting the varied Game Master styles. I'd like to turn the spotlight on what I like to call the hobbyist. Now, as if making an entire scenario with all its encounters and monsters, not to mention magic items along with NPCs, isn't enough work to do. We're going to put together some detailed, beautiful maps. I mean, the characters must start somewhere, don't they? Lucky for us, this isn't going to stop there. Oh no! Once the area maps have been put on display, and we've gotten down to where players can begin using figurines, and everyone loves painted figs, right? Am I right? Yeah. It now becomes obvious what has been hinted at for weeks by your game master. You've heard them too. You know what I'm talking about. Hey y'all, you're in for a surprise. Or, bet you can't guess what I've got in store for you, you're going to freaking love it. Then there's everyone's favorite. I want to let you in on a secret, but you can't tell the other players. Ah, heck, I don't want to ruin it for you. You'll see. The buildup is monumental until the reveal. The hobbyist is now in their natural element. Because your figurine is going to be standing amongst a grove of trees, varying in height and girth with representations of at least eight different kinds, all in full leaf or needle. Then there are the rocks, but I'm not talking about your average, everyday run-of-the-mill rocks. Oh no, there are small rocks, there are medium rocks, and there are large rocks. There are even boulders, two, four, no, eight times the size of the character's figs. Now every imaginable shape, color, and size. The scene unfolding before you is a vision full of brushes and shrubs, flowers of all colors, mosses and plants that dazzle the senses. All this is being created by the hobbyists, in their spare time, of course. You are only just now catching a glimpse of a hobby that lies within a hobby. The scope and scale and detail involved in creating all this wonderment just boggles the mind. And yet, this is just the beginning. As the characters move from the forest scene, heading towards what the game master describes as a rock cliff off in the distance, and the characters can see an opening in the cliff, as they get closer, this opening is an ornate archway with the runes and symbols all about it. Suddenly, from behind the DM screen, or from below the table, there for all the players to see is the likeness of the archway, supposedly for the characters to pass through. Painted gray is weathered stone with lichen clinging to the mortar. Runes painted in white as if they're glowing. Here's the game masters with a very steady hand indeed. That stuff has got to be tough to make. As everyone gazes over the items gracefully and lovingly placed upon the table before them, so far, a whimsical smile plays over the hobbyist's face. But wait, there's more. Dungeon tiles. Lots and lots of dungeon tiles. We're talking boxes of dungeon tiles. A veritable sea of 3-inch by 3-inch representations of flooring, stone, wood, and sand. There are doors, windows too. Entrances to caverns, holes and pits. Secret doors, hidden doors, portcullises. Tiles that indicate water, you hope, but liquid all the same. Waterways such as streams, rivers, pools that may have something lurking just below the surface. And even the occasional huge, moist, sticky stain right in the middle of the passageway that no one wants to try to identify or end up just like. Once the party has navigated its way through the labyrinth and maze of traps, pitfalls, monsters, and treasures, they finally emerge Weeks of gameplay later, from the other side of the dungeon, and below them stands a hamlet. 
Here the hobbyist has really outdone themselves. As the dungeon tiles have been cleared away, the trees nestled back into their boxes. The rocks set aside, a large box is opened, and out comes the hamlet. That's right, the buildings. There's the tavern. It's called Nowhere's. So when the wife asks, where have you been all day? Get it. Next to that is the Bubble Cakes Inn, well-renowned for their baked sweets and desserts. A stable that has been crafted to look like it really isn't at all. Half a dozen modest homes, the apothecary, and last but not least, even a jail. For this particular Game Master style, it's not enough just to rely on the theater of the mind. The Game Master wants to make sure that the players can immerse themselves in the vision and the world that this Game Master has built for them. The easiest way to do this is with visual representations of the terrain. Most often, this often starts with small wooden blocks to depict walls and doorways. Sometimes pieces of cardboard cut out, locking tab sets that make little cardboard paper houses, and then it gets a little more complicated as the crafting bug slowly takes hold. Remember when I mentioned that there's a hobby within a hobby? Well, crafting your terrain is that hobby. I can say from personal experience that I have been down that rabbit hole, dragged by the dojo's other master, DM Scott. But I found it very pleasurable, very relaxing. I'll go back to crafting every now and again to break up the monotony of the day or to just to enjoy a different task for a while. DM Scott, on the other hand, not only has he gone down the rabbit hole, but has burrowed out a spot in the warren. He set up smoke detectors in the Lyceum more than once with the hot wire cutter, breaking down foam insulation as he plans his next build. If you're interested in seeing a few different ways to go about crafting your own terrain, also the different materials used by some of the best crafters out there, then check out Jeremy at Black Magic Craft or Wylock over at Wylock's Armory. And you can't mention crafting without mentioning the craft father himself, DM Scotty. These guys are just the tip of the iceberg, though. Dozens of extremely skilled people are sharing their techniques and builds on the web. Just start a search and get ready to say hi to the rabbits. If time's not on your side, then a quick search can provide all kinds of 3D printed terrain pieces. I'll tell you right now, some of those pieces are really good with reasonable prices. You can get them pre-painted or unpainted so you can do it yourself to add the personal touch. Free and or inexpensive STL files are available to print your own if you have your own 3D printer. Another alternative is laser-cut press board, wood sets that quickly assemble and are ready to go. The point is that the hobbyist is not content with a 2D world drawn out on a mat for 3D figurines to move about. How can you easily tell if you have a partial or total cover? With terrain laid out on the table, it's very easy for all to see the level of cover. Where the members of the party are in relationship to everyone else and the location of the buildings, most importantly, Relying on the theater of the mind is a fantastic way, except that everyone's theater is a little bit different. When using terrain, there's a viewed commonality to the scene, and that does away with a lot of guesswork and a lot of misinterpretation. That's the old man's look at the hobbyists. Now excuse me while I go build an outhouse. I'm DM Bill. See you next time in the dojo.